1: This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka.
2: Good Saturday morning and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka and we are talking savings, investments, and your retirement. As always on the Max Out Savings Show, and our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively, invest conservatively. That save aggressively, invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. And uh, that that simply means putting away as much as you can in your 401k plan, in your 403b, your 457, your different type of qualified plans, and then let it grow slowly over time, but conservatively. And the... Uh, versus taking undue risk and in, in, in losing it or not having a risk plan in place and getting wiped out like a lot of people did in 2008. It, it, and so by managing your assets, you can sit there, you, by conservatively, you, you tend to grow the assets. If you look at the research, most very wealthy people are much, much more conservative the, you know, you, you hear all the talk about them investing in uh, private equity and all types of things. But the lion's share of their money typically tends to be in very conservative stocks, bonds, real estate, not taking enormous amounts of risk. And uh, because it's hard to build up wealth, and it, it, but it's real easy to lose it if you're not cautious. And, and so this is, I, I think, one of the real things out there. Uh Wow what a week in the markets uh as usual uh in 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 politics uh we we had the uh the, the president's state of the union address which was amazing uh I'll keep some of my thoughts off the air on that but uh, i yeah I was actually really impressed with it uh the, the the Democrats it was you know pretty pathetic and uh you know they couldn't clap for anything and uh it, you know, it was. Uh, if you could have raised the, the American flag behind the podium, they probably would have walked out. But uh, look, and this goes back to this, the, yeah, look. The, the most important thing in that speech, in my opinion, was the uh, president's re- renunciation. In this country, will not become a socialist country because, quite frankly, that's that's an open question in here right now. Is is you know where where do we go? Do we go socialism? And, and and this is one of the problems we've really run into in this country. Is is and this is sweeping the world in general. Is, is that people are pretty unhappy by government's inability to do anything and the arguing. The, the the I mean the I mean the border is just an absolute joke. The idea, we literally have a debate in this country where we sh- whether we should or should not have borders, and we're sitting around debating like like this is a logical thing. Should the United States have a border or not? Maybe we should let a hundred million Mexicans, South and Central Americans, and Chinese into the country because if we don't, we're somehow abusive, racist, or whatever. And 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 it goes to show you. How far the country has really, you know, diverged from what it once what it once was. And if you look back in time, we made a lot of mistakes. But honestly, no one's even come close to the performance of the United States. Uh, nobody, no, there's there's nothing, nowhere, no how, uh, compared to the United States. And yet here we are, listening to people now go on and on about how the United States is such a horrible place, how, how it, you know, it needs to be taken down a notch and, you know, somehow, uh, and, and by the way, look, there's a lot of people in this country that believe that there's an enormous number of people in China and Europe and everywhere else in the world that basically want, they look at what we have and they think we stole it from everybody. And, and, uh, The reason we have what we have is we basically put together a platform where you have a rule of law, you have freedom to do what you want, and and, and you have a government that's stable over the long term, and so people can thrive and come up with their own ideas and do what they want, and they're all happy. It's not a big secret. I mean, look at Venezuela. uh, You know, look at other places in the world in in their complete disaster areas. What's amazing is... From any you pick any country in the world and their country, many of them are basket case countries, and the people you come you meet from those countries they're like really nice really hardworking people they come to the united states well so, so then you look at their country like you guys can't accomplish anything in your country well it wasn't because they didn't have smart people it was because they they did not have a system of government they didn't have a system of law they didn't have a, a common Common goal, a common system in many one. They didn't have that. They had corruption, and, and and so they could never get anything done. And people just throw their hands up and give up. And and so yeah, we, we're gonna have to fight for our country. <laughs> Look, the United the Democrats have basically are on the verge of of dop, adopting an industrial policy put together by a twenty nine year old socialist bartender. Think about that. And and you say, well, Ted. She's a twenty-nine-year-old bartender that just became a congresswoman, and uh, but if you sit there and read her new her new Green Deal, it's one of the most astonishing documents ever coming out. it's ever come out of Congress. She wants to eliminate airplanes. She wants to eliminate cows, for God's sakes. She wants to eliminate oil and gas in the next ten years, and uh, rebuild all buildings in the United States of America. It, it 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 oh and then provide a uh, provide a uh, uh, a, uh, a a a wage and a lifestyle for people that quote can't work or don't want to work and so so it is literally the most ridiculous absurd document to come out of Congress in the history of the United States of America and this woman is being lionized Cortez. Alexandria, whatever her name is, Cortez, like she is some type of modern-day Milton Friedman, uh, and the woman is functionally stupid. It, but that's – by the way, that ought to tell you something about the United States, that a 29-year-old bartender could sit there and be elected to Congress and then come up with an industrial policy one month into her term and everyone in, 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 in the mainstream media is all writing about it like this is a serious dot. That ought to tell you something about this country. But – but, and, and she wants to get rid of coal, uh, oil and gas in the next 10 years. You see, so you all laugh at it because it is completely absurd. But you have to understand. These people aren't stupid. I mean honestly, that was pretty stupid. But they're not stupid. The people on the left are extremely bright. Why would they say we can get rid of oil and gas? What would give them the, the, the idea they could try so, the audacity to try something like that? It's real simple. The war on coal worked. And one third of all the uh, coal plants in the United States closed down under Barack Obama. And and Barack Obama – in fairness, some of them closed because natural gas got cheap. But Barack Obama came up with all types of, of plans. A lot of executive orders where he just basically wrote things down on a piece of paper and claimed it was an executive order. Uh, and, and the mainstream media looked the other way. I mean, if Donald Trump makes an, writes an executive order asking an aide to sit there and go to Starbucks and pick him up a coffee, the Washington Post goes crazy. But But they sat there and let Obama basically – Pull out a yellow pad and just start writing up executives' orders uh to try to put to deliberately put the coal industry, coal business industry out of business and they were They were reasonably successful at doing it so one third of the coal plants in the United States have closed down. And uh, the, the head of the uh, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, you know, said not long after he left, coal is dead. He wanted to get rid of coal. That was why Obama put him in there. So they have been very successful killing off coal. So let me ask you, why would they not be successful killing off – why would they at least not think they're going to be successful in, in in killing off oil and gas? You know, all they need to do—they got Congress behind them. They got the mainstream media behind them—CNN, Washington Post, New York Times—and the rest of the Hitler Youth group, and and then they've got billionaires out there that that are funding this and funding think tanks. You know, to spend money to try to get rid of oil and gas. And so, so clearly, this is is a threat to the oil and gas business. And, and now we have oil companies out there. You know, all making excuses and apologizing for producing oil and gas. Some of the big, the Europeans are the worst. I mean, they've completely drank the Kool Aid, uh, some of the big European oil companies that oil and gas are bad. But unless you articulate your position that oil and gas allows us to live a lifestyle that is better than anywhere else on the planet, oil and gas allows us to cheaply. So the middle class can afford that lifestyle oil and gas lets us create plastics chemicals uh and, and make things in the everyday life that are that are remarkable uh you don't understand that and you know and if you're a bartender in in Brooklyn quite frankly and twenty nine years old you couldn't be expected to understand that in the first place but so understand this war on oil and gas. Is for real, and we're going to have to sit there and fight it back. Now, that will tell you that. Look, we're all going to convert to electric cars; will be no more use for oil and gas. Well, does anybody have any idea where that where where that electricity is going to come from? Now, yeah, we can put some. We're, you know, wind is coming up, and and solar is coming up, but there's only so much. And what happens if 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 the wind doesn't blow, which has happened in in some times where we had periods of of low wind. The cars are going to stop. So you've got to have uh, an energy policy based on oil, particularly natural gas more than anything. Natural gas, wind, solar, coal, and nuclear. So if one of them goes out for whatever reason, the country isn't plunged in chaos. But these people don't understand that. And and so, you know, this, this, this is becoming a problem. And I want you to understand this is a threat to the oil and gas business. I mean, your job's... They, they want them eliminated in 10 years. And and unless you stand up and fight these people, that's what's going to happen. I mean, I give an example. Today on Barron's, I just happened to look up Barron's, and we have the 100 most sustainable companies in the United States. Barron's has really drank the Kool-Aid. And again, they've got all these, these special interest groups feeding in this information, people like Blackstone and BlackRock and... That, that are coming up and in, 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 in uh, trying to ask companies how sustainable they are, what their carbon footprint is, and everything else under the sun, and 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 they look at uh, at sh- what the, what the company does for the shareholders, the employees, the customers, the planet, and the community. What the hell does the planet and the community have? These people have a job to do. We expect them to produce whatever product they do. We expect them to pay their employees. We expect them to do the right thing for their customers we don't expect them to take advantage of the american people we expect them to produce these things without polluting the planet but we don't ex- but the idea that carbon is, uh, co2 is bad is is absurd beyond a certain point point. and the community i mean it's not the company's responsibility to maintain the community beyond providing jobs in a clean place in to work without including the environment but but this is again this is socialism they're moving they've been very successful the democrats and the socialists and the communists quite frankly the socialists and the communists are very similar they call them socialists because everybody hates communists and so they're socialists they've been very successful in co-opting are universities in this country and schools. And now they're moving to corporations. To, and, and so corporations are the easiest people in the world to panic. All you've got to do is put together, uh, look, I could take a, a couple million dollars, get hire a 100 people, and then put together some server farms and panic any, any major company into doing anything by flooding them with complaint calls and everything else and threatening boycotts. And it's working like a charm for these companies. The number one most sustainable company is Best Buy. Best Buy is a great company. They actually send the geek squad out to repair people's computers in a Prius. A Prius. This is amazing. It's run by a company named, uh, some guy named Jolie. He happens to be from Europe. So we got a European running the company, and, and, and this is the most sustainable company out there. Look, the most the guy that's not polluting the planet is Exxon Corporation. Exxon is, is, is producing oil and gas and not polluting the environment in the cleanest possible way that they can do it at a, at a reasonable cost. Okay. Exxon is refining that into oil and gas and chemicals without polluting the planet and doing it in a safe, responsible manner. Why don't you go take a look at the at the refinery over in China? Look at the chemical plant in China. Oh, and then, by the way, try to drink the water coming that's pumped out anywhere within 10 miles of the chemical plant and find all the cancer clusters. Look at that. Look at the pollution in China produced by all the, the oil, the gas, the everything else, the chemical plants. The Exxon is cleaning up the environment. Instead, all they do is attack all the companies and it's time that, that U.S. oil companies start standing up for this type of stuff in the United States of America because if they don't, the, America, the people in Houston are going to be stripped of their livelihood. The, the socialists are, a, 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 and the green agenda is a massive danger to the oil and gas industry in this country, and we damn well better stand up and start fighting about it. Tell you what, let's take a quick break and be right back right here on the Max Out Savings Show.
1: The Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka will return shortly. To speak with Ted Gioka now, call 713-339-1070. Back in a moment with the Max Out Saving Show.
2: This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up Welcome back to the Max Savings Show. We're talking savings, investments, and your retirement. If you, By the way, if you have a question or comment, give us a call, 713-339-1070. That's what Charles did. Hey, Charles, how are you doing?
4: Uh, good morning, Ted. Uh, yes, I just want to, since you were talking about the fossil fuel and the oil companies and all, I just wanted to offer um, a couple of comments here. Number one, last night I had to fill my tank, and for the first time in a long time, uh, I noticed that there was a sticker on the pump. Now, they... This is just recently, I believe. I was I was a little, uh, I guess, disappointed that the sticker was very small. But it had on there the federal and state tax on gasoline. And currently the federal tax on gasoline is 18.4 cents, and the state tax is 20 cents. So yeah. when people talk about taxing gasoline, uh, it's something the next time someone goes and fills up, they ought to go look for that little sticker and just look at it because it's it's an eye opener to know how much of that dollar seventy or dollar eighty or whatever you're paying is going towards tax. The second thing uh since you talked about you know the oil companies getting beaten up i i wanna kind of kind of take the flip side here. you know the oil companies need to do a better job of of publicity in terms of commercials. I you know I don't see I I see on occasions a commercial. but What I see is usually some 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 picture of something. Or they show some older people, the older generations working in the oil oil business or something. And it's a quick commercial, maybe by Chevron or whatever. But but it's a quick commercial. And I think the oil companies to to really show a, a true opposite side of what's being being portrayed auto-feature commercials that include millennials and Generation Y people. Uh, I know those people work in those companies because I, 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 whenever we've had a deal with oil companies, we see those people from time to time. And and I think yeah. that the oil companies, the Exxons and the Phillips and all – need to take some of their retained earnings and start putting it out there. I mean, if they're not going to put it out there, <clears throat> no one is going to come to their defense. And finally, the last thing I want to say... A great,
2: that's a great point, Charles. Go ahead.
4: And and the last thing, you know, we talk about the Generation Y. I'm not talking about Generation X so much, because, I mean, they're getting on towards the latter part. They're, you know, they're, they're next to the baby boomers. But the Generation Y and the millennials... Uh, I, I when, it come, when it comes to finance and all, as, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put this out there, so far, and I've listened to this particular show, and it's a good show, in the mornings on Saturday, I don't hear any Generation Y people calling into this show, asking financial questions, nor do I even hear any millennials. I don't know what they're doing, if they're still in bed. I don't know if they're on their cell phones. I really don't know what they're doing, but really... For a good show like this, if you're talking about planning for future, you you know, you want to plan for an IRA or something, it would be refreshing to hear some Generation Y people and millennials calling into this show and asking questions. You know, I mean, the baby boomers that they call in, I mean, that's fine. And, you know, but really... It really needs. They really need to start taking more of an active interest because, as I I think, if they become more educated in the things you're bringing out, I think you're not going to see a lot of this. This this uh, this uh, attention being given to the Cortezes and these people who are promoting the socialism. So, anyway, I just thought I'd bring that to your attention. Yeah, no, no, I
2: appreciate that. We get it once in a while, but yeah, typically it's very rare do they call in, and it and they're the ones that really can benefit the most by say, aggressively, invest conservatively.
4: Exactly, exactly. So, I just wanted to pass that on, uh, Ted. I think that. Uh, uh, but you know, one reason why there's a lot of basically, I I firmly believe the reason why the oil and gas industry is mean get has uh, gotten beaten up for so long is simply because the money doesn't flow to the to you know to the to the opposing party, the, the the Democratic Party. If they were big contributors to the Democratic Party, I don't think you would see the attacking going on. I think I think historically. The people, you know, and, and you could say what you want, but you know, as as it was portrayed in one of the uh, Democratic conventions uh, several years back, when they when the news media referred to the white pasty guys in the in the Republican Party, I think that that's the impression that people are being given about the oil and gas business. That these people are just, you know, they fund the the Republican Party and this, and I truly believe that. Any industry that supports the Democratic Party is usually given a free pass, but that's not the case with the oil and gas.
2: Well, yeah, and I think if they, Charles, I mean, to your point, if they would advertise more, then it's much harder for for the media to go after them, and and they're going to have to really start advertising more, particularly to millennials in millennial shows and show the job creation, the idea that, look, we have to produce oil and gas, but we do it in a cleanest possible manner compared to the rest of the world, and if they don't fight back uh, they're just going to get steamrolled, and, and they better be careful because it worked for coal. And and and, and if we get a Democratic president, it's going to be an unending stream of executive orders coming out.
4: Right, and, and 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 just one last point, I you know regarding those commercials, I think it's very important that that those commercials include millenn, not just millennials, but I mean the Generation Y and me and 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 X's as well, because to me it shows that hey. You know the young generation is not all just sitting over here with pie in the sky, you know with the green green law or whatever that came that they were announcing a couple of days ago that that you know there are people that are employed in this industry that embrace the industry and are trying to do their best to improve the industry so
2: yeah, you know and I, I tell you something too is is the uh the the Gen Zs and even the Gen Y, those people I think are much more conservative than than the uh, the millennials. I, and I think they they tend to be saving much more money. Uh, I, I think they I think they get it. But yeah, it's a battle. Good call, Charles. Thank you. All right. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Look, the oil and gas. This is the reason we kind of brought this up. You're going to have to start fighting back a little bit and in, in making your case. And I think one of the cases is look. Compared to the rest of the world, we do everything possible to produce oil and gas as cheap Look if you want to go fishing in the Gulf of Mexico if deep sea the first thing you do is drive to the oil rig and circle the oil rig to try to catch it because because that 's where all the fish are it, it, and, and, it, and it is i I remember I was down at uh, years ago we were in, on, involved in an oil project, and so I tried to go from one one oil well to the other, and I tried to cut across a field, and it was, I like never, there was deer jumping up, since, since it was oil there, they really weren't farming, or even had cattle there, but, so there was just an enormous number of wildlife, I remember there was hogs run out, or armadillo, and or the deer got flushed out, and I couldn't believe so much wildlife was right near these rigs, but, uh, the oil production, but the fact was, is that everybody left them alone, so they were there, and, and, uh, we do produce oil and gas at a remarkably clean level compared to almost anywhere else in the world and we and the oil and gas industry provides tens of millions of jobs out there and, and and all of these jobs from the gas station person all the way up to the car mechanic to the oil field worker to the roustabout are all threatened by uh by this crazy idea of getting rid of oil and gas in ten years and If we don 't stand up, they will do it. they did it to to coal. And and the other idea I just want to touch on, too, is the idea that in Texas we're all a bunch of rednecks burning up oil and gas and throwing up, you know, uh, throwing CO2 and destroying the planet. If you look at the United States, you know, one thing I went and looked at, Texas is the biggest producer of wind power in the nation by a factor of three over any other – California, the paragon of of virtue – Produces uh close to uh six uh, 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 three and a half times less we produce three and a half times the the wind energy that uh that that California does the only reason they produce so much so much renewables energy they they get about forty five percent of their renewable energy forty some from from renewables in California. You go, oh, wow! This is great. Yeah, they dammed up all the rivers, you know, destroying the uh, these beautiful canyons and, and salmon habitat, and and so now they have all this hydroelectric power, and that's the only reason they have what they have. Uh, otherwise, they're not much better than Texas overall. Uh, we're we're one of the leaders in solar. We are the leader, without a doubt, in the United States of America for wind power. So Texas is just really between if oil and gas and wind and solar, we have the best energy. Uh, window of any if any state in 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 the union and and so and i submit to you you go drive around california look at the pollution oh and by the way when you're in san francisco please remember that 17% of the pollution you're breathing there came over from the across the pacific ocean from china i'd like you to remember that when you're in san francisco and but our our air is clean, our water is clean here, uh, and we got a pretty good place, and so we're able to do all of this and produce these things and provide them to the United States at a cheap price with very little pollution. We better start fighting for it because if we don't make the case that look, we are using renewables, we are oil and gas is a, a low cost uh, energy thing. It's it's actually an energy. It's very and it's a remarkably efficient in uh, uh, form of energy. Uh, if we don't make that case, and we're not polluting, uh, if we don't make it, they're going to take it from us. I mean, these people like Cortez, the bartender, and the rest of the socialist groups up there, you know, they, this is one of their, you know, their main things. And and, and, and so you're going to have to start fighting, and the oil and gas industry is going to have to start fighting for, for, for their jobs, for their people, and their future. And and this is kind of a concern, but we've got a very good case to make, and I just wanted to bring that up on the show today. Tell you what, if you've got any questions or comments, 713-339-1070. Uh, we're going to write a little bit about this in the Max up Savings Report. Uh, we're, we're continuing to. A couple things that are coming out on taxes. Uh, tax refunds are coming out now. The refunds aren't as quite as good as everybody thought, particularly on the East and West Coast. They're being hit very hard by the... By the uh, What's it called? The $10,000 cap on on uh, state and local taxes. Uh, that's all you can deduct. And, and, and this has been a huge blow to people in high-cost states like California, Illinois, and New York. It, it, and so uh, th- that's one of the things we're, we're kind of seeing happening there. Now, remember, you still have up until April 14th to, to put in your IRA. You can put away uh, uh, uh $5,500 and, uh, in, into it. And, uh, 65, if you're, uh, if you're over, uh, if, yeah, yeah 55, uh, on that for, uh, 2000 So in 18, so you can still take your deductions there. Uh, the, for 2019, um, we, the 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 four oh one k actually goes up to nineteen thousand dollars, and if you're over fifty it goes up to twenty five thousand dollars so this so you can continue to save more money into two thousand eighteen uh there, there uh, what, what the standard deduction's been moved up to twenty four thousand dollars they've eliminated the personal exemption and this is causing some problems, but there is a tax credit. Which is a pretty good deal, which really helps out the lower and middle income people—a tax credit of two thousand dollars per child. So, uh, I I, I think uh, for people with children, it's been pretty good. For people without children in high cost states, you're you're seeing some pushback there. So, I think that's something we're going to kind of want to watch here to see see where things go uh, from there on the taxes. Uh, I I think over the next couple weeks, uh, next month or so, you're going to hear a lot more on the tax issue, and. uh, as as far as, as how things are affected, I think there's going to be a lot of pushback on the $10,000 cap on state and local taxes, uh, particularly from the East and West Coast uh, states. And I, I think you could see some type of middle ca- class tax cut put in place later this year. So this is something we we really want to kind of watch a, 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 and see what's going to happen. uh Another thing I wanted to touch base on is actually got a lot of things I want to touch base on is is the the let me see how we're doing time okay yeah the we're seeing some real slowdown in Europe uh, the European Commission this week uh, they, they they cut their growth for two thousand nineteen from one point nine percent to one point three percent now we're we're running close to three percent. Maybe we won't do quite that, but we're going to be in the in the high probably twos this year so far, it's looking like. Uh, so we're in pretty good shape. We're the best economy in the world right now for a major economy, which is good. And now the problem is growth around the world is slowing Uh the, the the tax cut wind uh, the wind of the tax cut is behind us for corporate America. They're under a lot more pressure this year. We're seeing kind of a slowdown in earnings this year, without a doubt. Uh companies are really struggling overseas. One of the more disconcerting things is is Germany is really appears to be going into a recession over there. And and what they're saying is, and what the European Commission said as well as some the some of the German companies is it's due to the Brexit where the Brits are maybe are going to leave here later this year, and also a slowdown in China. The slowdown in China is very important. And i tell you why, is because we you go, well, Ted, that's the trade war. Well, the trade war is with the United States and China. So if we had a big trade war with China, then in theory the Chinese would be buying more from the Germans, you know, to kind of uh, – boost up their chances and 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 do things but the, but they don't appear to be doing that and this kind of tells me that the chinese economy is slow and this has been a big theme for the max out saving show this year and into into last year's i i really think the chinese economy is slowing much more than people think and it's and since we're in the chinese trade war well, trade war with china everybody thinks it's the, it's the trade war i don't think so i think it's slowing down for t- reasons of of some of the highest debt levels in the world, massive corporate debt in China, and, and the move back by President Xi to, to take China back to a hardline communist country. And so this is something that bears watching. But there's a little bit of, of, of data points coming out of Europe that say China is slowing. So this is something we want to watch. A Global slowdown. There's time for caution in here overall. Uh, over The United States is okay. Again, we're making the shift from the real world of jobs, plant and equipment, raises people doing better, low unemployment, in, in, from the financial world of high stock prices and asset prices. That's kind of going away to some extent. This is why you've seen pressure on the stock market. But the economy is doing a little better in the United States. We'll see what happens. Tell you what, coming up here in a quick break, we'll be right back right here on the Max Out Savings Show.
1: The Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca will return shortly. To speak with Ted Gioca now, call 713-339-1070. Back in a moment with the Max Out Savings Show.
2: If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com.
1: Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think
3: South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM1070. The answer...
1: We return now to the Max Out Saving Show. Here's Ted Giocco.
2: Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. If you've got any questions or comments, give us a call. 713-339-1070. We'll be happy to take your calls. You know, we were talking about the Gen X's, and the uh, you know, uh, really, it is. I mean, I think the the younger generation really needs to hear the, the the story of save aggressively and invest conservatively. I really, that's the key to building up wealth. And uh, and, and so you know, we're trying to come up. So, but I, I just the, the Gen Z's are actually age like uh, basically fifteen to twenty three, and the Gen Y's are twenty three to thirty eight. That the, the the 38 to 43-year-olds are the Gen Gen Xs, uh, the Xennials. Actually, it goes from 38 to 53 are, are the, the Gen Xs. The, the, they're a little bit more of a lost cause when it comes to socialism. I mean, I don't think they're lost. I, I really think the younger, particularly the Gen Zs and the early uh, millennials, the early ones, in their early 20s i think those people really get it i i think they're they become they're actually strangely enough becoming a little bit more conservative uh and so it it'll be interesting to see how they play out there really seems to be kind of a saving habit among those people because they they've been through the crisis when they were young of the uh of the uh, of, of the financial collapse, and they tried to save more money. Uh, at Maxout Savings Advisors, we're really big time uh, value investors in the stock and bond markets, and one of the reason is, is really it goes back to years ago when I was extre- I was very young. I got some McDonald's and Xerox stock, and and it was in the it was actually the uh, the 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 Nifty Fifty range, and the stocks went up, and then they completely collapsed. Uh, in '73, it went down to almost nothing for years, and, because the, the collapse in the PE ratios, and that's how I learned to be a, uh, a value investor. And I really think, uh, you know, people when they're very young, their experiences count more for that. And so I think the younger generation is a little more cautious. Uh, the Gen Z, the uh, some of these people, they're, but they are too open to socialism as well, and, and this is a real concern going forward. Uh, I, I think this is we had someone call last week and actually you know uh asked me about Alexandria cortez and my my comment uh was uh you know who's backing him and it's basically the media cuz they're a bunch of socialists but and you know what are the uh some of the other guys and some of these you know more mainstream are they backing him? and my answer is really i think a lot of those guys particularly the the people like bloomberg and uh and and they some of the billion, they, they're afraid of her I, mean, I think these people are really afraid of her because they know someone like that can catch fire and you gotta you know, people forget Fidel Castro was very young when he started out a lot of these people these radicals came out very young and then they just kept getting stronger and stronger at first people laughed at them. She, you know uh her her new her new new green deal is was basically a plan for socialism I and mean, in, in the united states of america I and mean, it, 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 it but you got to stand up to it so we'll see but uh, a couple other things uh Markets had a big run in into into January. Look, I, I think it either holds, I think it either starts selling off here, which we think it's going to kind of do, we've got a little hedge on, or maybe it makes one more big run and, and that's it. I, I do think we're seeing a global slowdown. I think you've got to be careful with the markets overall uh the 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 bond market's appear to be telegraphing some type of global slowdown and there's like i think there's was it 9 trillion dollars worth of, of 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 negative uh bonds in the world i mean in, in germany and places like that they they yield uh close to zero so that's telegraphing problems in the world and i think you really have to understand that and be cautious uh one of our first look once once a month we send out the max out savings report we, we our, our most recent one's our outlook for 2019 uh we we're, I've got another one coming up tax changes uh, also going to be writing some about the this green new deal Uh, and kind of our outlook on different areas, Uh, comes out once a month. We talk about save aggressively, invest conservatively, estate ideas, uh, savings ideas, uh, building wealth ideas. It's all in the Max Out Savings Report. It's free. So go to the website, sign up for it, maxoutsavings.com. If you you need some help, you can also sign up for an appointment with me, and I'll show you how we manage money using our value investing approach, the stock and bond market. But one of the first ones, when I first started writing this report – I did it. It was about a quarterly basis. And one of the first ones was, I think it was in 2002. And 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 I wrote, uh, Ben Bernanke made a speech. He wasn't the chairman of the Federal Reserve at the time. He was just, uh, he was on the board of the Federal Reserve and he wrote, it came out with a speech on helicopter money where if the, in order to print deflation, if need be, they had a helicopter and can basically print money is what it was. At the time, in 2002, I wrote late 2002, might have been almost 2003, I think I want to say December, November, because uh, I think the speech was in November of 2002. I said, this is the start of a 20-year bull market. At the time, uh, gold, I think, was about 250 to three hundred dollars an ounce it went up to1800 dollars we called it right near the bottom in the turn of the market look I, I, I think I, I think uh that's still 20 years goes out to 2022 20, uh 23 2023 I, I still think that's on track uh and, and I think gold's about to break higher uh, uh the Federal Reserve the minute the market went down about 15 percent or so the Federal Reserve panicked and 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 Cut, shut down the, the raising of interest rates, and they're probably going to quit the uh, the quantitative tightening with which they were selling bonds, and so they, they're going to go to more of a neutral stance. And if the economy slows, they're going to begin quantitative easing again. China's going to begin a big, massive quantitative easing program to try to rescue their economy. The Europeans are in bad shape there. They're going to start printing money again. I, I think the case is really rising for gold around uh, uh, in many countries in the world. Gold is hitting a new all-time high. I think the one reason it hasn't really moved here is the dollar's been so strong recently. And we're looking, we we were long the dollar last year for our clients and did quite well. I, I, I we sold it. I th- I think the dollar's going to start going down, and I think that's going to be very bullish for gold. If if the Federal Reserve uh, goes to a neutral policy that's very bullish for gold if the, if the, if the economy slows down they go to another quantitative easing problem. it's extremely bullish for gold uh I, I and so i i think i think we're seeing gold break out above the 200 day moving average it's bro- broken out above you know some of the other uh the weekly averages uh really uh, uh and, and and so i do think it it appears to be uh poised to break out and go higher i I think global inflation is starting to come up I think we, we basically have for the last 20 years artificially uh, suppressed inflation it actually the the artificially impressed suppressed reporting of inflation uses uh, hydronics, which is a way of, of adjusting for the price of the cars so since if the car gets better every year with a little bit bigger engine and so a few more electronics even if it goes up about say over a five year period it goes up Twenty percent. If it's a much fat, if it's twenty percent faster with more electronics, they'll claim. Well, the car really only went up about three percent, so, but but the cost of the car to me was up twenty percent, and so they've artificially uh, claimed that we've had too low of inflation. Well, the inflation's much higher, and 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 so I think that's going to pay off. For for gold. Too many countries in the world, Germany, the Europeans are in severe trouble. The Brexit could harm them. If Italy or some other country pulls out of the Euro, the Euro could break up. That could be very bullish for gold. Uh, they, you're, you're looking at about 265% of GDP, debt to GDP, debt in China. China's, China and then China's rever, reverting back to a hardline communist, socially, centrally planned economy. That's very negative for the economy. They're going to be That's very bullish for gold. The number one export from Hong Kong into China over the last quarter has been not precious metals, but has been gems as people are scrambling to get into hard wealth that they can hide. Gold's going to win for that. The the Russians are buying gold. The Russian central bank, the Chinese central bank, some of the European central banks are buying massive amounts of gold. So I think we're going to see a breakout in gold later this year. Uh, I, I I definitely think you want to have a certain amount of gold in your portfolio. You want to have a certain amount of physical gold. Typically, that's about 3% of, the, of your assets in, in actual physical. And in that case, I don't want to hear about it if gold goes down, you know, to... A thousand dollars an ounce or lower you put that in a safety deposit box and you it's only for an emergency situation but but I think for other parts of your portfolio you can add to the precious metals and gold stocks we're trying to see if we get a pullback in the sector because I would like to buy more we're hoping for some type of pullback but I really do think gold appears to be moving up again. I and I think if you really look at it it really started moving once uh the uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve made those remarks uh about that they were going to you know maybe stop the the uh, interest rate increases and and they talked about cutting back on the bond sales uh, of their of their uh, por- huge portfolio of bonds in their balance sheet reducing their balance sheet in the minute they said that gold started going up. Uh, so I think we're close to another leg up in the gold and silver markets. Uh, something to think about uh, going forward. It's, it's got to do with the dollar working down. It's got to do with the Europeans and the Chinese and other countries around the world in big trouble. You, you see it in, in uh, Venezuela. Uh, Maduro's in trouble. What's he doing? He's selling gold to try to hold the country together. The Turks, Turkey, tried to buy. has, given, has bought a bunch of gold from the United Emirates, tried to get some in the Russians. It, it, and so and he's using that to make payoffs to try to stabilize his country but that shows you the value of 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 when countries in trouble kind of the only thing they have left is the gold and all the other countries are looking at that and they're trying to buy more gold so i, I do think that looks good hey this is the last segment of the show if you would like to get in with a quick question or comment 713 339 1070 713 339 1070 uh you know, one of the other, uh, sectors to, to, to look at in here, I, I still think right now we have what's known as a, 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 a flat yield curve. And, uh, I, I think what that does is what, what that simply means is, is that your short-term rates are about the same level, uh, uh as the long-term rates. And, and to give you an example, uh, so if I invest in 10 years, I'm not getting much more. So to, just to kind of look at the at the yield curve here in the United States, if I invest uh, rates for, let's say, for six months, for a year, I get 2.54%. For two years, I get 245 And then for seven years, I get 2.53%. And for 10 years, I get 2.83%. So the difference between if if you look at the difference between a one-year Treasury, uh, 2.54 and a 30-year with 2.97 is about 45 basis points. And, and so, you know, that's not much, you know, difference. And that typically a flat yield curve comes as the, as the economic cycle, further in the economic cycle, when the economy starts getting much hotter, the central banks decide to raise rates to kind of cool things down a little bit to kind of warn people a little bit of... Hey, make sure you've got your, your your lending in order and, and, and things and try to slow down the economy to some extent. So I think that provides an opportunity for you to invest shorter term and get almost the same as a longer term without much risk. And, and so this is something that that, that I, I think you want to take a look at your portfolios uh, and understand uh what you want to do, take a look at your money markets, make sure they're, they're, they're paying a reasonable amount. There's too much money piled up out right there in banks and money markets that are paying zero. And, and I think that's a real problem. And, and so I think that's an opportunity for a lot of people. We're actually putting together a, a CD program. We're talking to some people now. We're managing their CDs. We're just getting started with this. Just a short-term ladder of CDs at a very inexpensive cost. Because I think we can get rates as good as the banks or better, you, you know, just using TD Ameritrade, which we use. But, but, but I do think some opportunities. So if you're nervous, go out a couple. Now keep in mind, I say I, we looked at the two years and said, well, Ted, why not go longer? Why not go shorter? Look, in two years, we're going to know are we going to, into deflation or inflation. If in two years inflation takes off and explodes and rates are at five percent, well, then we can we can. Our, we get our money back and we can invest it at the higher rates or adjust. If the economy sails off a cliff later this year, we're still getting another years of interest, uh, uh, and, and we have very safe bonds. And if we need liquidity, particularly the treasury market is the most liquid investment in the world. And one of the more interesting things we found for our clients is right now we're not getting paid a whole lot more for shorter term corporate bonds. So we tend to keep most of our money in treasuries because they're much safer. They're paying. You're not really taking that much of a, of a hit because they're paying reasonably close to what corporates are paying, and then we they're much more liquid. So we have to sell them. We can sell them out, get very good prices versus having to take hits on corporates. So this is something that you have to understand. But I think one of the opportunities out there is the two year Treasury market. It's not a huge thing, but it's a solid, the safest return, most liquid return in the world, and 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 you're getting and you're getting a pretty decent rate. So that's that's something to think about. Uh, but tell you what, if you need some help go to our website maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. Sign up for that free report. We're going to be sending it out this week for sure. Got a lot of interesting things we're going to be writing about it. It's free. We're not going to bother. We you don't really we just we just send it out because we're trying to help people save money and build up wealth. If you need help with your retirement, I, I, go there. You can request an appointment. We will sit I'll sit down with you and we'll do a kind of a a, 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 a financial plan, a, a simple one to see where you set for retirement, and then we'll show you how we manage money at Max Out Savings Advisors using our value investing approach. But remember, our motto and our philosophy, it should be yours to save aggressively, invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. Save aggressively, invest conservatively. Remember that, and we'll see you next week right here on the Max Out Savings Show.
1: This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka on AM 1070, The Answer.